Hello, friends. Welcome to Josiah Venture Stories. You will hear incredible stories of life change from the mission field and be inspired by the movement of God in Central and Eastern Europe. I'm your host, Gwen Gardner, and I am so excited to share today's conversation with you. Today on the show, I am interviewing the extreme extrovert and always smiling Olya Meeland. Olya is from Lviv, Ukraine. She and her husband, Mark, met while both serving in Josiah Venture, Mark for four years in Hungary, and Olya in Ukraine. Now they serve together in the city of Lviv, Ukraine, together with their son, Enoch. Mark serves in the ministry of Edge Sports, while Olya leads the fusion ministry. God has put on their hearts a deep burden for the youth of Ukraine. They especially desire to see young people enter healthy local churches through the ministries that God has placed on their hearts. Oya first became acquainted with JV as a camper at an English camp in 2004 near Revna, Ukraine. In 2013, Oya took a step of faith by joining JV to help start fusion in Ukraine. Olya and Mark enjoy using English fusion and edge sports to equip local churches to reach young people and to share Jesus with them. Mark and Olya pray that God will use their family to further the gospel in Ukraine. Olya, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Gwen. Hello, hello. It's so good to talk with you today. Yep, that's awesome. I'm really so excited. So I know I just gave you a big introduction, but what else would you like to share with the listeners about who you are, your family, what you enjoy doing, anything like that? Well, well, that's there's a lot to say, you know, so I just need to take <laughs> the best and the most interesting facts. Well, I am from Ukraine, as you said previously. I love my country. I love my people. I'm really happy to live in this beautiful city that is called Lviv, and I've been living here for more than 10 years now. I'm married to Mark Meeland, who is the best. I'm in love with him <laughs> forever. I really think it's uh, important to say. And we are both missionaries, which is quite an interesting experience, both for Mark, who is a missionary here in Ukraine, but he is from the U.S., and he's been a missionary before in Hungary. And also right. for me, who are Ukrainian, and I'm just trying to be a missionary in my own country, which sounds ridiculous to most of Ukrainians. <laughs> Is that crazy? That's crazy to most Ukrainians yeah, that for you're sure. a missionary? Just the, the, I don't know, the definition of a missionary for most of our people uh, is just something different, you know? Okay, like if you feel you are on a mission or God is calling you, to go and share the gospel, then probably go to Africa or some other countries that are more radical in need that people think, or I don't know, right. just more exotic or just further from Ukraine, just go to another place and then um, be there where God wants you to be and do His will. But I think it's quite an unusual situation or quite an unusual concept to be in your own country, but still call yourself a missionary. Yes. Yes. And it's funny because as Americans, we would think to be a missionary in Ukraine, that's pretty radical. That's pretty <laughs> crazy. So Can um, for I sure. love it. I love that you're a missionary in your home country. Um, that's really exciting. So I know you, you said you love Mark Meeland. We know it. When was the first moment that you guys met? Do you remember that moment? Wow. You know, 
all the questions that you are asking me now, I'm like, wow, I just have tons of story I would like to support, but there's probably <laughs> not enough time. But that's just uh, something about me. I love stories. And so yes. there's a lot to tell, but um, I don't even know what exactly, where to start with, because I remember going to the fall conference, which is an amazing event for Josiah Venture missionaries to share and to learn from each other for the mission. And so I remember, I think it was in 2012 when I came okay. and I just saw twins playing soccer at the soccer field. And that was the, That's right, because Mark's brother lives, he uh-huh. is still in Hungary. Yeah, his twin brother, yeah. Exactly. So that was probably the first, first time. And I think I soon forgot about both of them because I was too busy <laughs> with other things and thoughts, you know. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. And now you guys are new parents. And so you are a new, brand new mother. Amazing. Ooh, this has been really <laughs> crazy. So I'm excited. Still, sometimes I'm mad at myself for being not a good mom. Sometimes I'm super frustrated, you know. But overall, this has been a crazy transition to just a new lifestyle. And so it's both both super exciting and it's both super challenging. What has been something that's been an unexpected joy for you in motherhood? Well, it's really, really interesting to observe your own child. And it's also super fun even to like think of yourself and your lifestyle before and after you become a parent, especially when you just realize and see what God is doing exactly in this in this small, tiny creature. I think one of the lessons I learned is that God is just such an amazing, crazy, creative creator. You know yes. what I mean? Just yes. looking... At my son, I, I just cannot stop being in awe of his of his creativity. And that's the thing that like, makes me admire my baby. And then another joy is just to, I think, is mostly observing um, my baby boy being like such a, I don't know, such an interesting like creature living life, living his tiny life. And this is resembling me every day uh, to my uh, relationship with God. So, yeah. I don't know. It's it's kind of like a a good peril. And I heard that before from other people just saying like, "Wow, uh, after becoming a parent, like this this even changes your relationship with God. Your perspective totally changes." But now mm-hmm. I you know, I'm literally in these shoes. I know how it feels <laughs> and it's been it's been like really fun and really joyful. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's such a great Yeah, like you said, a parallel to how God is father to us and how you get to be, experience that parent, Exactly. Like even yesterday, you know, I just, I just look at Anna and he's so tired. So he just crawls to my feet and just collapses. Like his head, like exactly, (laughs) exactly on my feet. It's just done. And he is tired of this life. He doesn't know himself what he wants. And this is the only place where he can find rest. And I'm like, I'm like laughing and crying at the same time. Just like even like seeing how often I do the same thing. Finally, when I stop uh, like rebelling against God and just finally like come close to Him into His presence because this is the only place where I can find rest. Yes. So just, you know, like simple, small, sometimes silly moments, but just bring so much joy and actually like giving really good lessons through these parables. Yeah, crawling, crawling to Jesus's feet and just like... Oh, like, oh, that's a great picture. Just collapse. <laughs> just yeah. collapse. 
Just collapse. What about something that's been an unexpected challenge for you? Ooh, that's a that's a really good question. You know what? I think probably one of the most unexpected challenges was not even having not enough sleep, <laughs> but <laughs> right. uh, mostly realizing how much I hold on to my previous uh, lifestyle. So oh, just yeah. holding on to the life I knew before. I don't know my like how I do work, how I do my free time, how I organize uh, my everyday um, agenda. That has been that has been really unexpected because I was thinking, okay, like, oh gosh, I just I just wish everything is going good with my duties, like all the things I have to do. I'm really nervous of how how well of a mother I can be for this for this child, like all the mm-hmm. responsibilities I need to fulfill. But uh, something that I could not predict was that I would hold on to my freedom and to my previous life so much, trying to protect myself, again, from this tiny creature. So uh, this was really challenging uh, to embrace motherhood and to see what God has for me in this season and being grateful for these new things, which are Mm -hmm. like just hard to accept at first in, Mm -hmm. in all the different realms, you know? Right. No, totally. That makes a lot of sense. You're having to, it's a whole new lifestyle of trying to taking care of this little baby. Yeah. And it's been good and it's been hard just in the way that I was thinking like, well, I love God and I love uh, my job and my job and my ministry like merge together so well. So it's like, you know, perfect life, perfect job. Just my dream with God is right here. And then like Anna comes into my life and I'm like, like everything is upside down. Like I cannot do discipleship well. I cannot do my job. I don't know what I'm doing. Every day is like just going back and forth from like simple routine things that are not meaningful. Are they meaningful to God? Are they meaningful to me? What and who am I right now? And how do I get to a place where where I realize, okay, I exactly in the center of God's will for me. So right. Just figuring out these um, routines, but at the same time, important places where God puts me right now. I think that that was quite a challenge and pretty unexpected for me. Yes, yes. I can only imagine, only imagine. And you call him Eno, right? But his full name is Enoch? Yes. So Uh this is the challenge for (laughs) cross-cultural marriages and also the names that have different pronunciations in different languages. So in Ukrainian, it just sounds Enoch. Uh-huh. And I, I just call him Eno. And I just love this name because it's super wild, you know. At the same time, gives me an amazing opportunity to share about God and His goodness. Even in the life yeah. of Enoch in Bible, referring right. people to the scripture. And, you know, every day I get thousands of questions <laughs> about this weird name. So I hope my son in the future will not be mad at me because of that. Oh, that's, I mean, he has a great testimony right there in his name and so many natural questions that come up, like, where does that name even come from? (laughs) Well, for sure. He will get an amazing uh, opportunity every day to share the gospel if he wants. That's right. That's right. So speaking of the gospel, what has your journey of faith looked like? Like, when did you become a believer? How has Jesus changed your life? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's been also a long story, and I think it's an ongoing story, right? <laughs> oh, for sure, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. We it's are like, still on this journey of faith, always. <laughs> yeah, and I'm so grateful to God that He's not done with us, and He keeps writing our stories. But when I look back to my childhood, well, I've always been a church kid. That's what I remember. Okay. And again, this was a blessing, and this was also a hardship or quite a challenge because, on one hand, uh, on my mom's side, like we are believers in the fourth generation. But, oh wow! Okay, but my father is not a believer, and so this also quite an interesting situation. My family is like you know this. Um, I don't know how to say like combination of people, mm-hmm, <laughs> an interesting mm-hmm. combination of my mom who's a mixture, a, yeah, a mixture exactly. Uh, my mom who is a believer in fourth generation, and my dad who has been just atheist. And this was the result of the Soviet Union, you know, realities at that time. So it's interesting, again, because I've known a lot about God. But at the same time, I brought in to my journey with the Lord and into my spiritual journey, both like all the heritage from my relatives. And at the same Mm -hmm. time, so many doubts and things that I could not understand, like struggling with God's goodness and grace or just like seeing how broken even my family is and how God is good through that. So all Mm -hmm. these things I brought in and was struggling with them. But thanks God, I've never been alone, just never been alone, left alone with them uh, and been always surrounded with uh, people who could point me to Jesus. And so when Ah. I think of even of your question, well, it's mostly that I see that Jesus completely changed my life through the community of His people. And wow. I would say mm-hmm. community because it was not just my local church. It was the people who loved Him so much all over Ukraine. Now I look back, it's like these meetings, these friendships, this discipleship that I was wrapped in by those who love God. And it's it's more than lo- one local church. It's actually the body of Christ right. that— that was just living out his love and it was all poured down on me in different oh, ways. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's a good picture too. Just like the community, the love just poured out on you. Exactly. I just look back at different stages of my life. Like I think, okay, I was 15 and that was the graduate from Donetsk Christian College who just came to our small town for two years. Uh, it was like a practice from the university. He came uh, with his wife. And I can literally say that these were people who discipled me. We just never called it discipleship, but they were living out the mm-hmm. discipleship and their lifestyle was so attractive that mm. their home became my second home. And then it was a pastor who just came to our small church again um, as a missionary and stayed there for a couple of years. And then he left. But my life has been changed forever because of yes. him introducing me to the presence of God, to his love, to his uh, ways, to his commandments. And actually, he was the first one. He was the person that made me go to my first English camp uh, Uh when I was 18. And then only years after that, I was like, wait, Josiah Venture. And I I look back in like my old books and and copy books, and I find this old dusty camp book. And I, it says 2004, and I flip it, and it says Josiah Venture. I'm like, oh, 
this is insane. Definitely God's uh, hand in my life. Yes. So you didn't know it was a Josiah Venture camp that you were attending? No, for sure. At that time, well, I was 18. This was something, oh, it's like it was a momentum. This was something so cool happening. I've never been to an English camp. And after that, wow, first of all, I got my first American friend. She wrote me a letter. I read it in front of my English class when I came back home in the fall. It just was like really, really cool camp. And I didn't even know if I would be invited again. So, you know, it's like one, your one life, lifetime amazing opportunity that you use. So you don't much care about what the name is. You just enjoy. Yeah, you just enjoy. You just Mm -hmm. enjoy. Would you say... How old were you when you would say you became a believer? Well, I think this. I think I was 14 uh, when I repented because according to the traditions of our church, you had to go up to the front, kneel down, pray the prayer. And I finished Sunday school, so there had something to be done with me. (laughs) So I did that. and And then I was actually really stuck because... Uh, my imagination of what should happen after you pray pray the repentance prayer did not mm-hmm. coincide with the reality. Like next day, none of the changes I imagined in my in my mind uh, come tr- came true. So I what, thought what it did you work. what did you imagine? What did you imagine would happen? Well, yeah, because I'm I'm coming from quite a let's say from unhappy family. Uh, mm-hmm. I was hoping that all the relationship and brokenness. In uh, my family, the relationship with my pa- between my parents, uh, my uh, dad's addiction to the to alcohol, like this all will be gone somehow and yeah. restored. And I was just hoping that this miracle of uh, your life renewed with God will be there on earth in my family next day, and didn't happen. And even mm-hmm. the changes inside of my heart were not there right away. And so I kind of. Mm-hmm. I think my imaginations fell flat, fell flat. And then for the next four years, so from 14 to 18, I was just struggling of like thinking or reconsidering my repentance. Did I make a decision? Did it work? Mm-hmm. Did God accept my prayer? Did God accept my repentance? And why is he not good to me right now? Like why those things are not changing for the better if he promised this in Bible? But mm-hmm. again, thanks to my friends who were there, by my side and who kept asking me really painful questions about my next steps, about my decisions, about my uh, like reading Bible and prayer, like my everyday disciplines. And this was painful because I didn't have the good Mm -hmm. answers, but I didn't know why and what is something that is not working. But because they went with me through this journey of like finding answers, make me finally uh, get baptized when I was 18. And that was mm-hmm. already a solid, um, mature decision to just like mm-hmm. tell everybody, okay, I chose my life to be with God and I want everybody to know I don't regret. And I know that Jesus has changed my life, even if not all the changes are there yet, even if my right. life will be the the set of the changes. In all of it. Yeah, that's and that's where faith comes into play. And that's I think that's so true sometimes when people think, oh, well, if I accept Jesus into my heart, my life is just going to be so amazing and like perfect instantly. And actually, like God wants to come and meet us in reality and meet us in our struggle and in our pain and in our questions. And he wants us to, like you said, like practice those disciplines 
day in and day out. And even in the mundane tasks of like changing diapers, making breakfast, you know, like all those like normal things. I just imagine God as the father saying, I want to step into those daily things with you. So I think that's a beautiful story um, of, yeah, that's life change. Yeah. And you know, I think like you say, it's, it's, it's really beautiful time with the Lord. It just, it just different from what others people usually share in their testimonies, you know? So mm-hmm. now looking back, I'm like, wow, it's just a different way. This was more of a process of my life being changed by God step by step. And it took not one day, not a week. It just took months and years. Mm-hmm. And sometimes listening to like classical testimonies of people just saying like, wow, you know, I just prayed this prayer or this was the moment I clearly realized God was right there. Well, it didn't happen with me. And that made me as a teenager just accept the lie that God did not meet me or he did not hear my prayer. So now mm. I look back and I'm I'm just encouraged of God's uh, faithfulness. And also mm-hmm. I just realized like, well, I, I would love more people to know that God is unique in meeting you in your in your own place where you're at. And, and it should not even resemble like somebody else's testimony. Like it just right, it will be your own experience. Of, yeah, that's the danger of comparison. For right? sure. When we mm-hmm. compare someone, oh gosh, I've done that so many times of like, why doesn't my story look like theirs? And because God's like, well, I'm writing your story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this exactly. Is, it's your story, so it's going to be different than their story. So, well, tell us a little bit more about your local church, your community now. Like, what does your community look like now? Well, it's really interesting that we are in a new church, I would say, because as missionaries, we pray after we got married with Mark, both of us were praying for his um, his will and where he sees us as missionaries. And so he opened this really good opportunity to join a new local church in our city. Mm-hmm. And that was quite an encouragement to see that nowadays uh, in Lviv, there are a lot of smaller churches, young churches that need help and resources. And these are mostly communities of young people who are searching and looking for answers who love God and want, and want to live his lifestyle. And so we joined this two years ago. We joined this church that is called Ukrainian Bible Church. And oh, okay. so uh, it's a very unusual community. Why? Because Actually, uh, Mark and I are considered uh, one of the oldest couples in the church. So, the, oh wow, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, the average age of people in our church is twenty six, and mm-hmm. so it's mostly young people from different backgrounds. A lot of students that are studying uh, just moved to Lviv for studying, or just young adults who are looking for a job in new city, and yep, and. So it's quite an an amazing uh, season because we yeah. we've joined it two years ago, but now we finally feel ourselves settled. Like you know, mm-hmm. it, it has become our home, and just just been great to see God like moving through these people, through their relationship, through different ministries, through the challenges, and just being again like feeling yourself as a part of God's family. Mm. Oh, that's that's beautiful. I'm glad that you and Mark were able to like join a new church together as like a new. Because how many years have you been married now? 
So we've been married for three years. Three years, okay. And so yeah, we were searching for the community that God would like us to join as missionaries. And then, yeah, we've been in this church mm-hmm. for almost two years now. Okay. And does this local church have a fusion music ministry? Not yet. But not I'm yet. Okay. dreaming about it. So, yeah. So far Because not. you're working, you're now the fusion international, like the fusion Ukraine person, right? Yes. I'm responsible for fusion choirs in our country. And so our local church uh, participates in EDGE ministry. Okay. So Mark is coaching soccer team there, which is another uh, blessing. But we still dream about fusion there. That's right. You can still dream about fusion. <laughs> yep. I remember meeting you, Olya, at a like fusion training, gosh, years ago. It was like 2013, maybe. Long, so, long, long time ago. And I was like, I oh so. my gosh. Yes. I was like, this girl is going to bring fusion to Ukraine. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> so, well, I didn't always uh, think that first. And I was not even meant to be in the first fusion training. I was even, I was just translating there, you know. I think uh, back in 2012 or 13, I was just a translator for my friend. Well, I think oh. God always has a perfect sense of humor, you know. Yes, he does. He does. <laughs> so what has disciple-making looked like for you in Ukraine? Because I know you have a passion for young women to know Jesus. And as you met Jesus as a young woman as well and were discipled. Um, so what does that look like for you? And now, especially being a mom, like talk a little bit more about that and what's that, that's been like for you. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So, well, first of all, I look back to how I was involved in discipleship myself. And again, mm-hmm. like all the stories that I already shared, and there are more uh, to share. We just need more time. But, you know, I always think of how God is using other people in your life and how meaningful it can be just literally changing your perspectives, showing the goodness of God's character. And so looking back to my own examples and my own experiences with the people who discipled me. And now I realize that some of them did it situationally. Like they were not Mm -hmm. even like officially called my mentors or I never asked them to disciple me, but they were those who were standing by me and pointing me to Christ, never making me look like them, but look me, make helping me look more like God. There was something, something very attractive. And so Mm -hmm. now, again, uh, looking at my experience in the past, I'm just passionate about doing the same things because it was life-changing for me. And my understanding of God was like uh, perfection in a lot of ways. I don't know if I can say it in this way. But (laughs) sure. (laughs) again, thinking, okay, in 2010, I joined the new church. I moved to a new city was looking for a job. And of course, I was like, oh gosh, I just want to be a part of a healthy youth ministry. So I just need uh, to join this youth group. And there were a person who decided to mentor me, who initiated to disciple me. And that was Christy Williams. And now, you know, it's like more than 10 years. We're walking side by side, just encouraging each other to be faithful and to grow in Christ. And so keeping this in mind, I just want to be available for those who need. And mm-hmm. I just see now young people, especially girls, just being hungry for relationship, you know? So yes. 
I've discipled quite a bit of girls, and now I'm. Ex- I don't know if I can say that. Wait, yes, I'll you say can. You way. have. You have. Okay, I discipled a couple of girls, and <laughs> I'm excited that I can be there where they need help. So, I would say mostly I did it through English camps or fusion. Like this is the best environment I can still claim where you can get connected to young people, and then just start being friends. Go for a cup of coffee. I don't know. Go for a walk. Just do something together, and mm-hmm. just be there, present in the environment where you can do something together. And then in building relationships, you can uh, just go deeper in conversations, and then become friends. Not just in like everyday life, but become friends more spiritually. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. since then, I mean, since my own adventure. I just love discipleship. And what I mostly love about it is just walking with each other side by side through years. And then later, even looking back and glorifying God for all the changes He's bringing forth in Mm -hmm. you and through you, just through like simple life, joys and sorrows. (laughs) Yes. Do you have um, like a story of a girl that you discipled? I don't know years and years ago that you're still in contact with and have seen more of that spiritual growth. And even I've I've seen too when you like start even discipling someone in high school and then they start into college and then they, they even become more like peer-like and like you're sharing more like even peer-like stories of, oh, we're kind of going through some of the similar, similar things now. Do you have a story like that? Oh, the first one that comes in mind out of many is the uh, story with Sophia. So mm-hmm. really funny moment. When I think back, it's just like first day of an English camp. And you know, when the boss of campers comes and you're like, oh goodness, like so many new people. Uh, and you just like calm yourself down. Like, oh gosh, like <laughs> next week, we just have to like be with them every day, all the time <laughs> and learn how to love them and point them to God. And so I remember myself standing at the bus And so all this crowd of kids is coming out and there's this blonde girl looking like a diva. It's like definitely high school. And like in her face, I just read, read this sentence like, what can you guys give me? Like, I Uh hope your camp goes well. Uh And I hope at least I'll get a little bit of English experience or what? Like, yeah, yeah. And I look at her and I'm like, oh gosh, God, you just told us to love everybody. So I'll just do my best, even in this case. Because this kind of skepticism, it's, it's just hilarious. right? And then really interesting story because the camp, I was not her leader in a small group and I didn't have a lot of time to connect to this girl. But there was one evening after the... Uh, the main theme, and it was about the prodigal son and actually about mm-hmm. the father and his heart that is longing to meet his child uh, was like really life-changing for this girl. And I was the person who accidentally <laughs> was there to talk to her. And I don't know, long story short, after the, at the camp, Sophia uh, gave her life to Christ. He, she prayed the prayer, mm. not even knowing actually how hard her decision will be on her because after mm-hmm. she made a decision to become a Christian in our country that claims itself Christian country, you know, uh, mm-hmm. she actually like hit uh, like a couple of roadblocks with her friends who totally denied her, with her mom who 
hid her Bible, didn't allow her to come to our church anymore. Like, was it fusion or youth group or anything? The only thing that actually saved our situation was my English. (laughs) Because her mom (laughs) wanted Sophia to still be tutored by somebody who knows English well. So I was allowed to come visit them, to go for walks with her, just to help her improve English. And, you know, so with time... I remember I was like reading Bible on the phone for Sophia or we were discussing something in English and then like walking each other home back and forth, like practicing the good things that her mom wanted, good skills at the same time, sharing with each other our experiences with God and praying together. And, you know, it's it's pretty crazy to look back because today, well, after that, like time passed by and God Mm -hmm. even changed Sophia's mom's heart. So today, oh. Sophia's mom is in the church as well. Sophia wow. has grown into a mature, amazing, vibrant leader. She got married with one of the young leaders that are the one that was leading the youth group in particular in, in our church. Well, today, mm-hmm. in this new church that I was just telling, uh, telling you about, where Mark and I are mm-hmm. missionaries, she is there with her husband. Because they they moved to this church. Also, she's studying at the seminary. Uh, she's an amazing follower of Christ. Again, passionate for other girls, for young people. Now they are more even in a family ministry because uh, their life is, is changed. And so she's doing a uh-huh. lot of work for God's glory. And like you said before, you know, with time, I remember first uh, my friend Sava telling this, he said, well, you can lead the person only and like until the point where you are at. Like you cannot uh-huh. lead somebody further. And at the same time, it's like the burden off your shoulders, meaning that God is caring for that person. You don't have to disciple right. them forever. What he meant by, I understood only later, and especially in Sophia's case, because I discipled her for like four plus years, but today... Mm-hmm. She has a different lady discipling her. I have other girls I disciple, but we are, I can say we're soulmates. We're such good Ah. friends and we encourage each other on a totally different level. Both of us are married. We are having like different life, even in comparison to the past, just being, you know, teenagers in the youth group. But she is a person who can understand me deeply, with whom I can share my struggles uh, my, I don't know, things that I, like my difficulties, both in, in my spiritual walk mm-hmm. and like in the ministry that I meet with. And she's always there to support. Just yesterday, I started my new discipleship group. I mm-hmm. was honored in my church. And so I quickly messaged her and she was encouraging me because she ah. already further on the road. Like she already disciples girls and I had to take a um, small break because of Anna. So now we're like in, encouraging each other in discipleship and practicing the way. That is a beautiful story of discipleship. Oh, oh, that warms my heart to hear that. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And then so recently there's been a online event called the Youth Ministry Recharge. We've had it. We did it the first one last year, the second volume two this year. Yay! And yeah. 
And you were one of the speakers for this event, which was amazing. I got to, I watched you speak at the event that I was at. It was was awesome. Um, But you share five practical tips for connecting with young people today. And so I just wondered if you could just share share those practical tips with us uh, today. Yeah, no problem. First of all, that was quite a privilege just to participate in Recharge in a new way for me. Uh, first time I tried to be a speaker. So I was praying hard that God would use it <laughs> uh, in his best way for those who are following him. And then the topic was just something I loved, loved, loved. So I couldn't resist the temptation <laughs> to try and just like think of what God has um to share through my life and through the ministry Mm -hmm. in Ukraine, you know? So those five tips that they basically came out of like what I try to practice every day, as simple Mm -hmm. as that. So it's uh, be where they are, where young people are today. Use your media, which means, I don't know, take your videos, do the pictures, take the pictures, just use any media resource or tool you have to gain a Mm -hmm. good goal. Uh, three, invite and connect. Four, have them help or help them yourself. And five, mm-hmm. interact with their parents. Mm, those are great. Yes. And I, I know you use those every day, practical tips in your life. And I love that. Like use your media, take a selfie, invite, connect, stop and ask questions. Oh, those are great. Yeah, all of these uh, tips are supported by real stories. Again, near all of them, when I made my notes, I had in brackets, I have the names of people that it happened with. And I was like, oh, wow, Zlata. Oh, I just like randomly was stopped by her mom like three months ago and we took a selfie and then her mom started sharing completely random stuff about her personal life, about her transitioning to a different city. And I was like, wow, this is an unexpected opportunity that God gives and then influence you may have as his follower, when people are opening their lives to you just because they think that you are safe enough to share. And mm-hmm. the reason is that I just taught her, uh, her daughter to sing in the choir. And I don't know, I was there for just like a small part of, of her life. And right. I don't know, every time I think about these steps, I just hope and believe that using them, we can just gain back this trustworthiness, Oh, I don't know how to describe it. Just, just the relationship itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whatever, wherever it means to, I don't know, just to meet another time, uh, or maybe just like one time meeting with the person, and you don't have to meet with them necessarily. But if they would come to fusion or just reconnect with another leader from camp that they remember or feel closer with, and it's just because. We met, I don't know, I sent that video or we saw each other or I just say hi, meeting their parents and like send them hi through them. Uh, I just believe it all matters. Yes, it all matters. That's yeah. good. Like it that. all matters and it all brings good fruit. Sometimes we don't even know all of them. That's right. Sometimes we don't even know. We'll never know all the fruit involved, sure. but God knows it. So that's encouraging. Well, our time is coming to a close, Olya. This has been such a rich conversation. Um, and one of the last convers- or one of the last questions we ask to everyone is what advice would you give to young people today? Wow. Ooh. 
One, I mean, you just gave some really good practical tips. But like to the young people, what would you say? Oh, every day I'm like thinking in my mind. I'm like, wow, like God has given me this life. I need to do something with it. But <laughs> if I think right now, I would just say, go wild. <laughs> and what I mean by that, <laughs> yes. what I mean by that is push your limits to uh, be desperate for the truth. I don't know, just to find answers for your questions. And maybe even more than that, find an authoritative adult who can Hmm. walk with you in your struggles, in your hardships, in your, I don't know, excitement, celebrating your victories, uh, praying over your sorrows, supporting you in the decisions that you, that you, I don't know what to make or how to go, where to go. Just um, find somebody who can walk with you and point you to Christ. This has something that been super uh, meaningful in my personal life. And every every day thinking about young people, especially this generation that is actually desperate for the truth, but is Mm -hmm. struggling to define the truth that is unique and one, I would just say, yeah, go wild push your limits to get the truth. Go wild. That's great advice. <laughs> Go wild. <laughs> why oh, not, man. you know? Yeah, you why not? Why God, not? God has given us this life. We need to live it out loud. Uh, yes, live it out loud. That's right. Oh man, so good. Well, in closing, is there anything else that you would like to share or encourage our listeners with or even share something God's been teaching you recently? Anything like that? Yeah, um, I would say that we need to be grateful for our life, as mm. especially now today in the pandemic that is ongoing and, you know, kind of coming to the end and then again being renewed. I just realized how precious our life is and how everyday mm. moments with God are are just unique. Again, I don't know, it may sound really mortal, but you don't know when your life ends, you know? And That's, just oh, it's so true. So looking true. back to everything that God has done, I just love celebrating His goodness and counting His blessings, which just gives me strength to move forward mm-hmm. and realizing that He is good in so many ways. Even if the day is gloomy, the fall is here, not super warm, you know, and <laughs> it just doesn't, not every day looks super exciting or promising. But God mm-hmm. is there. So I think probably it's also something that God has been teaching me, uh, rejoicing His goodness, even mm-hmm. in the hardships, and also just being obedient to where He puts you right now. Even if it does yeah. not seem the best place for you, you don't know where you're going, uh, it does not look as something that was promised before or you hoped for, just be there where God has you. Uh, be obedient, and God is faithful to do more. Mm, yes. So go wild. Be obedient. Be plant like be like growing right where you're planted. Oh yes, that's so good. Thank you, Olya. Thank you for sharing your story. And I know there's so many more stories you could share of God's goodness and faithfulness in your life. Um, but this has just been such a privilege talking with you today. Oh, thank you. That was a privilege for me as well. Really excited to be here. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you very much. And bye. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to Josiah Venture Stories. For more information about Josiah Venture, visit us at josiahventure.com and follow at Josiah Venture on social media. If you have any questions about this episode or would like to get in touch with our guest, please email social at josiahventure.com. And to help more people hear Josiah Venture Stories, leave a comment and give us a five-star review or share this episode on your social media. Thank you, friends, and have a blessed day.